I'm like, girl, your last name was supposed to be Muggs. <laughs> I've written it here. M-U-G-G-G-S. Muggs. Do you think that I'm sure that's like a real name and we are deeply upsetting someone? Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I could own a piece of clothing from the show, I would own Jughead's hat. And my name is Brittany Ray, and I'm a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. If I could own a piece of clothing from the show, I would want Veronica's boss cape. Of course you would, yeah. Um, today we have words to say about episode 109 of Riverdale, Le Grand Illusion. I think we're both on brand with, <laughs> with those. Right? Yeah. That's just like us summed up in two clothing choices. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Though I would like to make an argument that you would also maybe own Betty's crown sweater from the next episode. Yes! Yeah. Goals. But either way, you're going to end up with a crown. Yeah. <laughs> The first thing we're going to talk about is all the stuff that happens with the Coopers. Oh, them Coopers. Oh, them Coopers. All right. So the first thing we learn is that Polly won't talk to Betty and mm. that Alice is deciding to write an article about uh, the Blossoms and trying to make them all fall down. I kind of like that Alice's way of solving problems is just, I'm going to write my way out of it. I'll write my way out. I set you up for that, just so you know. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I appreciated that. I was just like, wait, does she not realize what she has done? <laughs> oh, no, I knew what I was doing. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, good. The next time that we have, like, something that's that's just about the Coopers, I just wanted to point out, first of all, even though we haven't talked about this yet, um, mm-hmm. Archie was wearing red a lot in this episode, and that's because he was with the Blossoms. All the Blossoms wear red. But I wanted to point out that in this scene between... Him and Betty and Alice around their kitchen table. Mm -hmm. Now he's wearing red. He's still wearing red, but he's wearing it of his own accord. Ooh. He's wearing like a red sweater. Wardrobe narratively tying us back to like what storyline he's in right now. Exactly. Like what, what side is he on? Because he doesn't usually wear red, I don't think. I don't really pay attention. But now he's wearing (laughs) red even when he doesn't have to wear red is what I'm saying. Well... That, I love wardrobe choices like that, like, mm-hmm. the the thought process that goes into wardrobe is a lot more than I think we think about, mm-hmm. so I really love that it's sort of like a visual reminder that this is not Archie's plotline. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about Polly, and how Polly seems to be fine, and everything, and, you know, Archie reveals to Alice that the board is worried because they, like, I mean, let's talk about some misogyny a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Which is what it clearly is. Yeah. But, yeah, pretty much they're like, Cheryl can't handle it, and we're going to try and take it away. And so Alice is like, cool, I'm going to write that in my article. Okay, okay, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. But, like, okay, so there's this moment where Betty and Jughead go and talk to Cheryl, and she's with her cheerleaders. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm crazy, and I just don't remember this happening at the very beginning of the season, but, like... Betty and Veronica were vixens. Did they either quit or get kicked out? Or are we just supposed to assume that that happened? Because I don't remember this happening. 
Oh my god, I forgot they were vixens. Yeah, they were, and I can't remember whether or not we're just supposed to assume, like, I don't know, but I don't remember a moment where they were like, we're not a part of this anymore, or a part where Cheryl's like, you're not a part of this anymore. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I genuinely, th- I, th- I, I kind of figured that they kind of just, like, dropped out of it. Yeah. But... Yeah, Wait. I mean that's that's definitely what happened. Cuz they made they made it on. Mhm. Anyway, I don't know. Okay. I'm just confused. Now we learn that Nana Rose was right and that Polly is having twins, which so nice. works out because I still want my headcanon to happen or like my theory where e- each of them are godmothers of one. So cute. So and also, cute. I'm so glad that someone took Polly to a doctor finally. Exactly, right? Yeah. See, they're just like, all of our concerns, they're like, here you go. (laughs) Here, we're going to solve like half these problems, but we're going to confuse the hell out of you on the way. Yeah, but see, the problem, the upsetting part is that she didn't tell Betty, which now we know she has like this like little plan, but like, what if Cheryl hadn't told Betty how hurt Betty would be if then Polly is at Thornhill forever and then has her babies and Betty's like when'd you figure that out and she's like oh forever ago I just didn't feel like telling you because I was undercover right I spent actually a lot of this episode mad at Polly and I was waiting for the twist but I didn't know what it was gonna be like Polly can't text or Facebook message her sister right it's not like you can you can talk to people secretly yeah the block snapchat exactly it's not like the Blossoms are smart enough to, like, monitor all of the internet activity. Yeah. Like, they got, like, um, Jason and Polly got away with an entire secret relationship under their noses. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hmm. Maybe Polly doesn't have a phone. I mean, I guess. <laughs> but what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Alice is, like, really hurt and upset by this, understandably. Yeah, I, I'm really appreciating the continued redemption of Alice, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, so Betty's like, please tell her to talk to our mom, because she's, like, pretending she's not, but she's sad inside. And then Cheryl's like, okay. Maybe. I'll think about it. And then iconic line, which we will put in our favorite lines at the end of the episode. Yes. Okay, so now... Alice goes to the register, and it's oh just like, God. here's my article, it's done. I am loving this Betty and Alice team up because now they're on the same side and they're like always standing beside each other like these two blonde girls who are going to mess you up, you know? They're such a united front. Yeah. I I love it. It's like girl journalists, lady journalists who are going to kick ass. Exactly. Using computers that are older than you are. Oh my God. So old, right? I was like, hello. Like, listen, I know that. The register doesn't have much of a budget, but the Coopers live pretty comfortably. Mm-hmm. So why do they still have old computers? I don't know. Like, how do the Coopers make their money? I have no idea. I have questions. Either way, Hal decides to fire Alice, and she throws a rock through the door. Um. Okay. Here's a, here's here here it is. Okay. okay are you ready? Are you ready? Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. All Alice did in that scene was throw a rock through a window and she was still a better journalist than Rory Gilmer. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. 
<laughs> At least she cares about her writing. Disclaimer, we both enjoy the show, The Gilmore Girls, and Rory has her moments. But it's true. <laughs> Rory has her moments, but Rory is not a good journalist. Well, reboot, like, revival Rory, anyway. Anyway, mm-hmm. love this moment for Alice. And, like, Hell is becoming a really um, one-dimensional villain, hey? Yeah. What's up with that? Are we supposed to be, like, overly suspicious of him? That's what I'm saying, because last episode, FP was shown being a really shady guy, and then Hal was watching the exact same baseball game as him. Yeah, so, like... I really do think that we're supposed to think Hal... Maybe they're not in cahoots, but they're both shady dudes. I would think that ties together nicely. Mm-hmm. You, you smart. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, the next scene is pretty much just Betty complaining to Jughead about a bunch of things. She mentions Jane Eyre. Eyre? Eyre? Eyre. Eyre. Cool. Oh, you're pretty. <laughs> I'm smart about other things, okay? Really? What things? <laughs> um, fun facts about TV. It's upsetting how similar we are. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, I don't, I don't know things, but like, I can tell you about TV if you want. Literally, though. Be like, what good does that do? I don't know. I can sing songs. Yes, you can. I can make things in Photoshop. Me too. That's it. That's all I got. I can write films. Oh, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. I can perform on stage. I can't do that. I have crippling anxiety. <laughs> Well, I have crippling anxiety, too, but then I get out on stage and I'm just like, hello, I'm not me. That's an amazing talent. Thanks. (laughs) But also, I'm just really, really self-centered, and so I'm (laughs) like, hey, guys, I'm really talented. Please see how talented I am. What are you, Cheryl Blossom? Yeah. (laughs) In some ways, I guess. (laughs) That's a compliment, by the way. Thanks. Anyway, so Betty's whole thing is pretty much saying, you know, in times of crisis, people come together or they fall apart and we're falling apart. And then Jughead has this lovely monologue about how Betty is glue and how she's the best person in her family and how she's like the best person ever. And it's like goals. It's so lovely and it's so sad Mm -hmm. because the story that Riverdale's telling is that the like adults are basically useless. Mm hmm. And that the kids are the only people who can keep anyone together. And it's just like sort of like, it's sad that these kids' support system can't be adults that they trust. It has to yeah. be each other. Yeah. And that's like a really sad commentary on like Riverdale as a whole. Except mm-hmm. for like Fred. Fred! Yeah. Team Fred always. Fred is the only good parent. Like, because even Hermione, you know, she's a good character, but she has her moments too. And it's like, Crap! Where have all the good parents gone? And where are all the gods? Look, joke repetition. Don't say <laughs> we're not varied. <laughs> um, and then they just have, like, this fantastic hug that I can only imagine was just amazing. Wow. Did you maybe want, like, a hug like that, too? I mean, if possible. Like, if Jughead's just giving out hugs. I mean, if he's just giving them out, yeah. then, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna want one. Yeah, like, maybe, like, get in line? Yeah, yeah. But, like, you're the front of the line after Betty, I'm guessing. I mean, I hope so, because, like, I feel like he only has enough hugs for, like, you know, there's 
it's like first come first serve you know yeah yeah well then like you're gonna need a number and stuff yeah all right hopefully i can maybe just remember mine (laughs) because it'll be small enough you know uh it was a good hug did you see that i have an alternative ship name no is there something better than bughead Yes. Okay. And I also like it better than Jetty. Are you ready? Uh huh. I'm ready. How about? Stay with me here. I'm. I'm with you. Betty and Jughead. Ship name. Uh huh. Blue and gold. Oh my god! I love it. Thank you. Yes. I actually really love it. Yeah. Another thing. You know what just came into my mind? Hmm. I thought gold. Hmm. Gold crowns jughead but then i thought gold betty's hair then i thought how do we make blue jughead and you know how in the like in the comics like when you have black hair they kind of have like a blue tint to it (laughs) yeah so i thought yep (laughs) but also he kind of does wear blue sometimes or like darker colors you know i don't know i'm just making things up this is blue and this is a reach the next time is polly dancing with archie and pretty much just telling him that she's totally spying and that she's still with her family, which is nice. I actually really like that. Firstly, okay, one hilarious thing is the music stops like halfway through that scene, so Archie and Polly are <laughs> dancing to nothing, which yeah, yep. just cracked me right up. Second, that's like the first time that we've seen a trait of Alice's in Polly. Right. Other than, like, the, like, resolute stubbornness, like, now it's like, okay, but I want to get to the bottom of something, and I'm mm-hmm. going to do it, like, as, like, as gung-ho as possible. Yeah. Like, I really like how much they're tying those two characters together, even though they're not together. Right. It's, it's a really, it's a nice little touch. It really makes the Coopers, it shows how much the girls got from Alice and, like, what they didn't get from Hal, because he apparently is absolutely useless. Right. So the next time is Alice is, like, drowning herself in wine, I guess. Alice is a wine mom, confirmed. Yeah, and then uh, she starts to happy cry about how her daughter's okay. And they're like, please come right with us at the Blue and Gold. Because their annual operating budget is bigger than the register. I mean, (laughs) if their computers are newer than, like, 1993. Mm -hmm. So... I really like that, though. I really like that they're tying Alice into everyone's stories. And I mm-hmm. really like that they keep showing us human sides of Alice. Because now yes. I'm like, now I can like Alice. Like, and be on, had, like put her on Team Adults and root for her. Yeah. So she, I think Alice is officially part of Team Adults. I'm going to need her to be nice to Hermione. Yep, yep, yep. Um, that'd be and nice. for them to become um, best friends. Yep. Because A and H and B and V. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, okay. So... That's just, I'm very happy that the mom character is finally dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. So then the last thing is that they realize that Hiram is probably a suspect in Jason's murder because the Blossoms were the one who kind of ripped apart his family, and so he went a step further, I guess, possibly. So this came out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. If if it, it turns out to be like... What Polly thinks is, like, one random me- member of, like, the knockoff Weasleys or something like that. I'm gonna be so mad. Me too. Like, the biggest mystery in this show is who killed Jason, and if it's that, 
come on. Mm-hmm. I want it to be, like, a big twist. It has to be a big twist. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. That's all I got. I just got anger. Okay. Um, now we're going to move on to all the stuff that happens with uh, Veronica and Ethel and Hermione and all that Lodge stuff. The best plot line, in my opinion. Pretty much they're talking about how she might have to lie on the stand for her dad. Mm-hmm. And that Hiram knows. Okay, so we thought it was 100% Veronica who told him about Fred. But yeah. now, maybe not? What do we think? FP, maybe? Well, no, they implied that it was, like, Dad Blossom who did it. Oh. How does Dad Blossom know? That's what I want to oh, know. it's a gossipy town, which is what Veronica said? It's a very thin excuse. Yeah. And then Veronica was like, you need to tell dad before like he finds out because it is a gossipy town and i was like okay is this veronica saying that she did it and she's using clifford as a convenient excuse uh, but it doesn't seem like something she would do exactly i don't i don't know what the motives are in any of this this whole episode actually confused the hell out of me because i couldn't figure out what anyone's actual agenda was and like also if if Clifford was the one who told Hiram, and if they're, like, enemies, then why would Hiram believe him? That's another great point. Yeah. What reason? It, it, he would just be like, why are you you're just saying this to upset me? Unless they have photographic evidence? Yeah, I don't know. Like, from when they kissed in the trailer? Yeah, I don't know. But then again, hang on, hang on. So, Clifford... Had Hiram arrested. Yes. And then Hiram believed Clifford when he told him that his wife was having an affair. But also, somewhere in there, someone killed Clifford's kid and they think it might be connected to the lodges too? Okay. This is a mess. I, I don't know. I don't know. I want to point out Veronica's outfit. Oh, please do. She's got like this sort of like bur- burgundy... It's like a dress. It's like a it's like a nice shirt, but elongated so it's a dress. Or also, as as the rest of us call it, a sweater dress. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, and then she's got like this jewelry that like just hangs off the collar, and it's like crazy cool. I yeah. want a call. Like I don't wear collars, but oh my god, that collar. Yeah. I would I would wear anything if it had enough rhinestones on it. <laughs> Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, yeah. Okay, Ethel's poem. Mm. Ethel's poem. I have I don't have any points. I don't either. Um I just feel bad for her. Yeah. It's it's kind of just like watching Barb suffer all over again. Hashtag justice. For- she got justice a couple episodes ago. Well, I mean like how many? Like, like a couple six episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I I did not think she we were seeing her again, I'm gonna be honest. Oh, neither did I. I kinda thought she was just like a one off, but I like that they used her to see like the consequences of Hiram's actions. Because to be honest, we actually haven't seen the fallout of that. No. Because it's sort it's definitely like um a Bernie Madoff situation where so mm-hmm. many people are affected. Especially like with the Bernie Madoff thing, is like all the big news was about like celebrities who had been impacted. So, you know, you get that with the lodges where like, oh, we lost our yachts, but we still live in this beautiful apartment and things like that. And you're like, okay, like, what's the actual human cost of this? And it's the mugs. Like, that's the actual human cost of what Hiram did. 
And I think, like, if you think back to, I think it, I don't know, the third episode when Ethel was last there, I think? Yeah. Third or fourth? Yeah. I still maintain that was the best one. (laughs) It's when they, like, took Chuck to Ethel's house. Yeah. And their house was nice as heck. She had a swimming pool and a hot tub. Oh, that's right. So the mugs aren't, so they're pretty well-to-do. I mean, yeah. I, I feel, I obviously feel absolutely horrible for them, but, like, I forgot they had that beautiful house. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So now I'm thinking, were they bad off at that point still, but it wasn't, like, that bad, and now it's just gotten worse, or, I don't know. I think, basically, like, with lawsuits and stuff, they thought they could wait as long as possible to try right. and see if they would get any, like, reparations or money back from the lodges. And then mm-hmm. it just got, it dragged on longer and longer and longer, and it's not happening. hmm Yeah. So then Veronica's like, come over to my house, we're gonna have lunch, and we're gonna, lunch and pampering or whatever. Ladies and she's like, lunch. uh, yeah, Kevin, Kevin will be there. Like, why is that? <laughs> why, why does she care that Kevin's gonna be there? Just because, so she's not alone with the lodges? I mean, yeah, I guess it's, like, a comfort thing where it's like, oh, someone else you know will be there, not just me. Because we've never seen Ethel, like, enjoying Kevin's company, so it's not like she's friends with him so that she could be like, your buddy's gonna be there. Listen, Veronica needed her sassy gay friend, obviously. (laughs) Okay, Kevin is sitting there, and he's reading a book. Mm -hmm. Do you know (laughs) what book it was? No. Uh, It was a book that we've actually already discussed on this show. That he must have borrowed from a different character. Do you want to guess? Is it The Outsiders? No. Oh, hang on. Don't look. Don't cheat. Think. I'm not. Okay, okay. I'm thinking. I'm not cheating. Okay. Um. So it's definitely something he borrowed from Jughead, yes? Yes. Okay. Oh, crap. What is it? It is Metamorphosis by Kafka. Shut up. I'm like, why is that relevant to Kevin now? Oh, I have so many. Oh, we don't even have enough time for me to try and unpack this. Okay, quickly. Quickly, like, top point form stuff. Go. I just... Walk us through your thought process. My mind's going in a couple different directions. Is one, even like within the show, why is he even reading it? And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, is he reading it for class? Or is he reading it from Jughead? And then, like, what in it, what about Metamorphosis does he find so relatable? You know, sort of about being transformed into something and not having, like, being able to change back. And it could be, like, a total, like, commentary on his relationship with Joaquin. Like, I, I, ah, hmm. (laughs) I just have so many thoughts. Yep. But honestly, in in canon reason, I think he's probably reading it for school, but I really like the idea that he's, like, searching for meaning in it. And Mm -hmm. I want to say maybe it has to do with, like, you know, the politics of sexuality and things like that, maybe? Veronica's talking to Kevin about it, and she says that when she was at Spence, so here I am on uh, www.spenceschool.org, and it is a all-girl school in Manhattan, New York. Oh, uh, K-12 all-girls school. Uh-huh. So that's, uh, a thing. Okay. Um, and then she also says that her best friend's name was Katie, and they would bully this girl named Paige. So, mm. that is a thing. I really like the reformed bully storyline that Veronica mm-hmm. has. 
I love that they gave this to a woman. Yep. Because it's sort of like, I feel like it's a more nuanced and fun version of the entire plot of Mean Girls. Nice. Not to, like, not to bash on Mean Girls. Like, I love Mean Girls, but... You know, you you don't see Katie after that, except for maybe the last five minutes. And so Veronica is basically what happens after Mean Girls ends. Nice. Yeah. They're at, like, lunch, I guess. And Ethel's pretty much just, like, telling her story, which you kind of already heard. Her last name is said, and Hermione goes, Mugs? And she goes, yeah, Mugs. It's Dutch. And she says, we lost the third G when Grandpa Manfred came over from, or whatever. So I'm like... I'm like, girl, your last name was supposed to be Muggs. Muggs. <laughs> I've written it here: M U G G G S. Muggs. Muggs. Do you think that I'm sure that's like a real name, and we are deeply upsetting someone? I'm looking it up. M U G G G S. I'm just seeing people. <laughs> I'm seeing. What are you laughing at? Are you laughing at the Harry Potter mug that immediately... You're laughing at the fact that Muggle popped up, didn't you? I'm just laughing at the fact that it's just a bunch of pictures of actual mugs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that part in the very first episode. Maybe we should have seen that coming. When you, like, searched on Twitter, moose. Moose. And it came up (laughs) with actual moose. (laughs) That's what I feel like we've just done. We're so bad at Google. It's like that one episode, I don't remember, was it last episode, when we Googled white worm and we went, ah! Honestly, like, why is Googling part of our segment now? And why are we so bad at it? I hate us. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Also, interesting to note that her grandfather and her dad are both named Manfred. Like, that's a thing that happens. I just wanted to say that don't get confused, I guess. Okay. Uh, so that's the thing. Okay, Hiram is the reason that all these bad things are happening. How many families are the are these bad things happening to? Mm. People are upset. Can I just, like, ask something, though? Mm-hmm. Did you think it was a little bit weird that Ethel immediately spilled the beans while sitting at breakfast? Oh, my God. Uh, I didn't want to be, like... I didn't want to be, like, insensitive. But, like, but- she's like, hey, um, Ethel, you're not eating anything. What's wrong? And she's like, well, here's my life story. Here's what's wrong. It's like someone being like, hey, um, are you going to eat the rest of that? And they're like, first of all, <laughs> here are all the terrible things that are happening to me. And I'm it's like, like but that's I not just, relevant. I just wanted a snack. <laughs> and it's like, like, that's not even what she's asking. She was like, Is yeah. it like, can we do anything to help? Like, would you like some water? Would you like something different we have maybe some like crackers or something to make you feel better but instead she was like give me advice she didn't even ask for advice she was just like here's my story this is exposition yeah and it's like ethel obviously is looking for someone to talk to and badly needs to talk to someone but a lot of this episode was just people blurting out exposition and i'm like what Mm-hmm. is happening there's such thing as subtlety even in riverdale where subtlety is not a like word in their vocabulary yeah i don't it was weird so hermione decides to tell fred the truth and he is very upset which is what i thought he would be last episode mm-hmm. listen i'm very glad that hermione did the right thing me too because it means i can still be on her team mm-hmm. and i also love fred still because fred had an appropriate reaction like fred always does 
Yeah, because Fred's a goddamn grown-up. He's the best. And it's like, the grown-ups in this show are so nuanced, and you get a really nice variety of people, but Fred is, like, the most steadfast. Yeah. Which I think is important, because Fred's kind of the anchoring character. It's like Fred and then maybe Veronica? Uh-huh. Are, like, the two anchoring characters that, like, everyone else kind of orbits around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I might say Betty. Juggy. I said Juggy and you said Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Betty, too. But, you know, Betty's got that sort of, like, wild dark side that Veronica's right. helping her explore. Right. I hope they bring that back because I was really excited about Dark Betty. Yeah. Our, oh, yeah. We were like, maybe Dark Betty killed Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but she was really trying to kill Archie. Yeah, yeah. And pretty much he's like, I'm not out here trying to partner with criminals. And she's like, the reason why we're partnering with with you is because we're trying to partner with good people to make us look better. It's pretty much. Robin, he's not trying to partner with criminals. I mean, he does hire the serpents as his, like, workers, (laughs) but he's not trying to partner with criminals. Fred, you silly guy. I get his point, though. And I also like that Hermione really has a point. Like, she really wants Lodge Industries to be a legitimate place. Mm -hmm. Next time we see them, Veronica is giving Ethel clothes. And it's... Oh, my God. Nice, I guess. (laughs) Best friend ever. (laughs) And she pretty much just says, my dad bought most of these for me because he would just buy me something whenever he did something wrong. Mm -hmm. And she says that... she got these pearls from him. So now we know why she wears those literally all the time. But I also really like that, like, Veronica didn't know how else to do it. So she basically just followed in her dad's footsteps. Mm-hmm. She's like, let me give something to you because I know that this made me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. And then we learn about Ethel's dad's attempted suicide. I have a bit of a question. Maybe okay. I'm being really dumb. But Kevin says that he accidentally swallowed an entire thing of pills. Accidentally? Accidentally? Um. How do you do that? You don't. Uh, I feel like accidentally was not the correct word to use. No. I don't know. I watched it twice and I was like, huh? Yeah, no. You don't accidentally do that. No. (laughs) That's a deliberate choice. Yeah. So anyway, that's a thing. Okay. But I also wanted to point out that we hardly, like, we see Betty upset all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. But we hardly ever see Veronica this upset. We hardly ever see Veronica cry. Yeah, we don't we don't get Veronica emotion other than like, you know, her being a rock for people. Mm-hmm. I love that she got to do this. And that Betty got to come in and comfort her instead of it because it's usually the other way around. Yeah, Veronica's always giving comfort to other people because she feels like she has to be really strong because she was a bully. Yeah. And so she has to, like, bury all of that down. But then when she has a breakdown, she has Betty. Mm-hmm. That was really, really cool. That was a great moment. Talk to me about the pearls. Oh, my God. Do you so want to point out what happened last night over our text message conversation? <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and get, get, get out my phone so that I can do, like, a, a quote. Word for I, word. Why don't you go ahead and start. I live tweeted or live tweeted i live texted this whole episode to robin and at the part robin's like okay wait for the pearls and i was like what the hell is she talking about and then she ripped the pearls off and i was just i was so upset and it was such a good moment but oh my god i said 
IDK if you've gotten to the pearl part yet, but you're going to freak. And yeah. you said, girl, what? And I said, was, was that a question or an exclamation? <laughs> and it was like, both. And then you said, no, no, this is horrible. <laughs> so that's a thing. And then I said, hashtag Veronica with a bunch of cry emojis. Because, listen, listen. Are you listening? Yes. I know that, first of all, this was a totally platonic moment. Like, let's just get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Totally platonic, beautiful moment between friends. But, overall, I know that Riverdale is queer baiting me. I know that they keep doing things with, like, semi-exploring the character sexuality, but then pulling it back, like, with that fake Veronica kiss in, like, yeah. the first episode. But I'm gonna keep letting them do it. <laughs> because I love these characters. But I just want everyone to know that I know, but I'm going to keep watching. (laughs) Okay. Let's Google white lilies. Okay, you do that. The Madonna lily. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yes. Give me symbolism. Madonna lilies in art and culture. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is often described as being the basis of the fleur-de-lis. Is it fleur-de-lis or fleur-de-lis? Fleur-de-lis. Okay, cool. Though the shape of this stylized flower more strongly resembles that of a flag iris, Madonna lilies are depicted in blah, 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 blah. Symbolizes purity for Roman Catholics. Medieval depictions of the Blessed Virgin Mary often show her holding these flowers. Then some things, some translations of the Bible. The Bible describes King Solomon's temple as having designs of Madonna lilies on the columns and on the brazen sea. Toxicity. Cats are extremely sensitive to lilies. So that's bad. Don't give your cats that. Don't give that to Josie. (laughs) Okay. Where is she? Where is Josie? Where's Josie and where's where's Reggie? But here, now I kind of know where Reggie is now. What do you mean you kind of know where Reggie is now? He was on 13 Reasons Why. That's why he's not here. Oh. I haven't watched that show yet, but I've seen gift sets and I'm like, there you are, buddy. She says, uh, like, they're gonna thank her for the flowers, and she says, please don't thank me. Mm. So, yeah. We know we know what her thought process is, so we don't have to go through that. Mm-hmm. The first time I watched it, she said, my name is Veronica Lodge. And I'm thinking, is Veronica out here using, like, a fake last name at school? Like, does no one know what her last name is? Right? But then, I wa- rewatched it, and, and she's like, that's the Veronica Lodge way. Or, like... It's a Ver- Veronica Lodge specialty. I was like, everyone knows your name is Lodge. So I guess she was only saying my name is Veronica Lodge to her mom, because Ethel knows. Yeah, Ethel knows, but Ethel didn't know that the Lodges were the ones that screwed them. Right. But honestly, Ethel's mom? Inappropriate. Yeah, chill out, Ethel's mom. Like, we get it, because she's, like, incredibly upset, but also, excuse you very much, we've already talked about this trope. Right? You're not your father. You do not take out your anger at someone's father on their child. Yeah. Like, any parent knows this. You do not do that. I I really liked the lady who played her, though. I thought she was really good. Oh, yeah. She was great. Yeah. Then, you know, Veronica shows up at back at home and is just like, I'm upset about my dad and she's done lying for him. So I guess that's us knowing now that she's not planning on testifying for him in court. I get, I just, I don't understand Veronica's constant flip-flopping 
on her dad. Because, I mean, it must be really difficult to try and process what happened with him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's her dad, but, you know, he did something bad. But in this episode especially, I was like, did you forget how mad you were at your mom and that you were going to tell your dad these things? Mm -hmm. I don't... I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. So then the next thing is that Hermione says to Fred, she'll sell to Clifford. It's not a big deal. And I was like, but Fred needs this though. Like Fred's like, no, I'm going to stay on, but not for you because he's doing it for his business, obviously. Yeah. For Archie. Then he's getting a 20% stake and he's pretty much saying, I don't like it when you use my family as pawns. And Fred dumps Hermione. Which I'm really happy about. Me too. Um, This kind of had to happen. They hooked up way too early. Things were way too easy. Mm-hmm. Now they have to like start back from the bottom and earn that relationship and have sort of like a slow burn. And I'm super excited about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wrote Ethel Brooch, but I didn't write what the brooch was. Way to go, genius. Oh, I think it's because, like, we saw it in a wide, and then when we got to close, it was cut off, so I don't know. But she was wearing one, which is interesting because the people who seem to wear brooches are really, like, high up. So, like, maybe that's another hint at her, like, um, what am I trying to say? Her. I wish I was in your head right now. Eh, doesn't matter. I think you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. Anyway. (laughs) Do you just want to take a walk with me for a minute? Okay. So, you're walking down your school hallway. Uh, which school? Like, college? Like, high school? What do you think? High thinking? school. High school. Okay. And you're looking around. Uh-huh. And you see Veronica, and you see Ethel, and you see Betty. Uh-huh. What era would you assume they're from by the way they dress? Oh. Yeah, I would be like, huh. Because I'm like, I was like a theater kid. I was in drama all the time, and I'd be like, what drama class is that? Like... I love the personal, like, style expression that each of these characters have. I especially, I think I like Josie and Val's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, like, sort of, like, the um, more casual looks. Mm-hmm. But I am so puzzled by Ethel's whole aesthetic where she's got the bow in her hair and then the plaid skirts. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Why don't any of these kids dress like kids? The only person who dresses like a kid is Jughead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So puzzled. I mean, it lets. I mean, it's not like Cheryl does. No, but certainly also, not. I live for Cheryl's wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I could only dream of being so dramatic at all times. Sins of the father is a thing that Jughead says regarding uh, Veronica. That might as Sins- well just be the whole theme of the show. Yeah, sins yeah. of the father derives from biblical references, um, primarily in Exodus. Blah 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 blah. I don't know anything about the Bible. Well, I went to Sunday school for like a couple years. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Robin. Yes? I went to a literal Catholic school in the United States of America. Talk to me about sins of the father, then. No, this is the punchline. I know nothing about this. I know nothing about... Like, I went to Sunday school. I went to Catholic school. You couldn't pay me to remember any of that. Like, let me tell you about Noah's Ark. Let me tell you about David and Goliath. Let me tell you about... The story of Jesus in Bethlehem. Let me tell you about Adam and Eve. You know what? Uh, here's the only here's the only Jesus story that I can remember. Are you ready? Uh-huh. I was at Disneyland a couple years ago. Okay. 
And I, every year Disney does uh, readings by celebrities during the Christmas time. And it's like the candlelight processional. They do it at Disney World and Disneyland. And I okay. happened to be at Disneyland when Edward James Olmos was doing it. Okay. Now, anyone who watched Battlestar knows who Edward James Olmos slash anyone who's like watched any movie ever like Stand and Deliver knows who Edward James Olmos is. He is like, he is your crazy old grandpa sort of thing. And he's a very unique man. And he's really funny. But the only thing that I remember from that vigil is he went off book and started talking about how Jesus lived at home until he was 30. Uh Uh-oh. And how, like, it's okay for kids to not have their paths yet because Jesus didn't either. Oh. So... That's, like, the number one thing I remember about Jesus is that one time Edward James almost told me that he didn't leave home until he was 30, so it's okay if you don't either. Great. I left home, but it's okay. I haven't yet. Yeah. Now I know it's okay. You have until it- well, Edward James almost wants you to know that he thinks it's okay. Cool. He once called me on the phone to tell me that only I could stop forest fires. That's nice. That actually happened. All right. All right. All right. So we're going to move on to the rest of the episode, which is the whole Archie, Cheryl, crazy crap over there. Okay. All right. Crazy crap is a great way to describe that plot line. Maple syrup. This show is what the best of Canadian television should be. (laughs) Centered around maple syrup. Yeah. I'm just going to see, like, is there symbolism to maple syrup? Cultural uh, yeah, it's significance. like World Canadian. Ah, I clicked cultural significance and the giant picture is the Canadian flag. Told you. The motif on the flag of Canada is a maple leaf. Shout out. Oh, Canada. Now I'm wondering, because you know who they talk about who has business in Canada. Montreal. Hiram. So Hiram does. Oh my we're god. We're reaching. Is, we're always reaching. <laughs> is the secret that they're all Canadian and that Riverdale is actually over the Canadian border? Is it a <gasps> secret though? <laughs> is it that they actually shoot it in Vancouver, BC? Oh my god. Oh my god. No way. We, cra- we cracked it. Couldn't. It can possibly. I don't know. I just, I'm s- thoroughly enjoying the fact that the whole drama slash perhaps the reason that Jason was killed was over a maple syrup empire. Mm-hmm. This is the most Canadian drama I've ever seen. <laughs> um, ooh, Cheryl comes in and quotes some Twelfth Night. Would you like an anecdote? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, a couple years ago. Okay, so in Red Deer, we have this. I don't know if I would call it a festival, but we have the this theater uh, company called Prime Stock Theater. <laughs> Shout out, I guess. And we do this thing called Bard on Bower every summer. And so the there's a company of actors who do a comedy and a tragedy. Um, and we kind of do it, like, interchangeably. So, like, one night is comedy, one night is tragedy. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yes. Um, a couple years ago, I was in the company, and we did Twelfth Night and King Lear. Okay. And it was, um, I, I love those two plays a lot, so it was exciting. But anyway, when we did Twelfth Night, my friend Isaiah was playing Count Orsino, who says that okay. line. Mm-hmm. And he had to physically stop himself from saying, if music be the love of food, play on. Oh. 
because the actual line is, if music be the food of love. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as soon as she said that, I was like, (gasps) I get that reference. I know that one. (laughs) So finally, we got a pop culture reference in Riverdale. (laughs) Pop culture. I mean, shut up. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so there's a maple syrup ceremony that she doesn't want to go alone to. Listen, most of this episode, I'm team Archie. I'm going to be honest. Oh, me too. He goes, no, 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 I have a girlfriend. And I'm like, thank you. Good. Okay, you're doing okay so far. Someone remembered he had a girlfriend. Proud of him. Yeah, okay. So he's like, please, you should ask Kevin or Reggie. And she's like, I don't want to ask Kevin or Reggie. She's like, if I wanted to ask Kevin or Reggie, I would have freaking asked Kevin or Reggie. But, like, where the hell did this come from? Archie and Cheryl haven't interacted in ages. Yeah, I don't know. The last time they had a truly meaningful interaction, or, like, even were in the same room, I want to say Jason's funeral? Yeah. Or something. I don't know. Where did this come from? Here, here's the thing. Okay, Cheryl goes through a lot of rejection this episode, and it makes me sad. But also, I'm like, girl, you come on too strong. Give people a choice, please. Yeah, that's the whole thing with, like, Cheryl, is that she doesn't understand that just because she's obtained consent doesn't mean that she hasn't done it in a manipulative way. Mm -hmm. So she basically is so used to charming people and manipulating people into getting what she wants because no one likes her, so she has to do those things. And Archie keeps telling her, I like you just the way you are. And here's the thing is that, like, then Penelope shows up and she's practically bribing him to go on a date with her daughter. And, like, when I saw I was like, I am so embarrassed for her. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, the guy that you like says no to you and so you, like, call your mom and tell her to go and make him go out with you? No, I could not imagine that. I I was, like, so uncomfortable. I, I'm, I'm just really confused because Archie was nice to her. Mm-hmm. And so she, like, I, maybe this is just how deeply flawed the Blossom women are, is that someone shows them some kindness and they're like, I must manipulate this in some way. Yeah. Which sucks because that means that not only have they had horrible upbringings individually, but that, like, she's obviously unhappy in her marriage. Mm-hmm. And that Cheryl is on a horrible path. Although somehow they're the best doing, like, they're doing the best as a couple. Yep. Than any of the other couples. So it's like, and and the other thing is, what the hell is this Cheryl? Yeah. This is not the Cheryl that they've been developing through the whole show. This is Cheryl in the first episode. Yeah, she's, like, getting her mom to fight battles for her when, like, the Cheryl that I know would fight her own battles. Well, that and just the Cheryl that we know has been developing. I feel like I'm getting character whiplash where Mm -hmm. she's developing. And, like, last episode she was working with Betty and Veronica to protect Polly. Right. And then all of a sudden, not only does she hate Polly, Mm -hmm. but that she is manipulating everyone around her and trying to steal someone else's boyfriend. And I'm like, I know that it's one step forward, two steps back with Cheryl's, like, quest towards, I guess, redemption, the way Veronica's is, but this doesn't feel like a step backwards so much as it feels like a retcon. I don't I don't know what, I don't know what Cheryl wants. I don't know what she needs. I don't know either. I don't know. Okay, so I, this really feels like it was just something that made up, was made up for the show. Although yeah. there is a Brandenburg music in Edmonton, Alberta. 
Shut up. Why does everything always come back to Edmonton? It's a music store. I will never be able to escape it. It closes at 5 p.m., so... Oh, well, you better get going, then. Yeah, yeah. I have 20 minutes to get to Edmonton. I'll have to teleport. Anyway. If you drive like me, you could make it. (laughs) God. Okay. (laughs) So pretty much she's like, if you go out with my daughter, I'll get you into a good music school. And he's like, like, cool. Cool, you're trying to replace Jason. Okay, notice how literally no one else calls Archie Archibald except for Penelope and Clifford. They always use their given names. It's weird. It's it's a it's a power thing. Did we ever look up what Polly was short for? I'm guessing Paul po- I actually don't know. Polly is short for Mary. That what? That's not Polly short. Is a, Polly is a nickname for Mary. That's... Is derived from another nickname for Mary, which is Molly. That's one letter longer. I am so confused. It's just weird because, like, I don't think we've ever seen them. Have they ever interacted with Betty? Who? The Blossoms. Mm. Yeah, they have. Yeah? Did they call her Betty? Or did they call her Elizabeth? I think they called her Elizabeth. Huh. Okay, I have to go back and check. Either way, that... Okay. Yeah, Okay. Moving on. What I liked about this was that Archie didn't go, oh, okay, well, yeah, cool. Yeah, Valerie will understand. Sounds good. He went, okay, I'll talk to Valerie about it. Yeah. So I was like, good, another point for you. (laughs) We're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, but yes. (laughs) And then she said, when the light hits you just right. So pretty much she's just saying, you look so much like Jason is what's going on, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of really creepy implications going on here. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So then... Later, he says, yeah, Valerie said it was cool because it's, like, for my, like, for my career and everything, so we're all good. And I'm Mm. like, good, okay. Because if I was Val, I would be okay with it. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this, but at the same time, it's like, if someone's doing it for their future, you, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. And then Betty, and then everyone's like, um, don't do that. That's a bad idea. And then Betty's like, I think you should go. And then he's like, thanks, Betty. And she's like, yeah. Also, could you do something for me? I kind of super love, like, agenda Betty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, I feel like if Betty, if Polly wasn't there, Betty would be like, um, no, don't do that. But because Polly is, she's like, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. But yeah, can Betty, you check Betty's something? totally compromised. Yeah. What time of year is it? When's the last time we talked about what time of year it was? Okay, so listen. It's technically, like, I'm sure maple season is not supposed to be in the middle of winter. Yeah. But we had a lot of bunch of, like, snowstorms. Uh-huh. And so there was, like, literally no avoiding the snow in BC. Like, to the point where, like, the whole city shut down. So I'm guessing now it's winter in Riverdale, whether you wanted it that way or not. Right. Okay, yeah, because it, like, kind of makes sense, but now I'm waiting on the Christmas episode, you know? Yeah. So... And it's weird to have a Christmas episode when it's not Christmas. No, there's not going to be a Christmas episode. No. No. Uh, uh, it I just, just it's, like, it, uh, we had a bunch of weird snowstorms. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. The board of trustees for the Maple Syrup Company mm-hmm. is who they are. Are they all Blossoms? Or yeah, are they all, just, okay, yeah. That's what I thought. They're all knockoff Weasleys. Okay, great. Sounds good. Um, and they're all wearing red and black because I guess that's what they do. They're a cult. They're all, ugh. 
Everything about this is so creepy. But notice Archie has a jacket on that isn't his letterman's jacket. So Archie owns a jacket that isn't his he letterman's jacket. He owns another jacket. Wow. So what's what's his excuse? I, he has no excuse now. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. I have an answer. <sighs> has Clifford always had a slightly Irish accent? No. No, he hasn't. And it's just in that one scene, too. And then later, he doesn't again. He was just trying something out. Did you hear this slightly Irish accent? No. You didn't? No. I fully did. And I was like, why is this a... Are you, like, trying to make a ginger joke? Like, what's going on? No. That's really I'm funny, almost though. certain. I, I'm not crazy that, like, in that one scene, he had, like, just slightly Irish tones. Listen, maybe the maple syrup brings out the Irish in them. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Anyway, Cheryl goes up there, hits the thing... So I assume that Jason usually hits the thing and she usually holds the bucket? I guess. Okay, and so then they had to switch. Also, her brooch is a spider. It's such, like, I'm terrified of spiders, but, like, that's a real cool freaking brooch. She always has that spider brooch on. What? Yeah, she's had that spider brooch on before. Oh. Yeah, that's, like, her signature brooch. Oh. They, they want Archie to be in the photo. And then Archie kind of talks to Polly and is just like, why aren't you talking to Betty? And she's like, tell Betty I'm okay. But I'm like, just text her. Like, you, anything. Do anything. Then these rude relatives are talking about how Cheryl can't do anything. Like, did you not check to see if Cheryl was around? <laughs> what? Why does... The Blossoms have created the person that Cheryl is. Yeah, and she's because, like literally right behind them. Yeah, they treat her like... An idiot. Like, they built Jason up as the golden boy, and so she she worshipped Jason as the golden boy while also being told that her place was not in the family business. This was actually one of my favorite scenes in the episode. Yeah? Yeah, because, like, Archie's out here being like, actually, here's a monologue about how great Cheryl is. And Cheryl's just kind of, like, my favorite part is when he's like, so yeah, that's it. And she goes, and a 4.0 grade point average. And he doesn't go, okay, sorry, like, I didn't get to that one. He goes, yeah, yeah, that also. <laughs> and he just, like, keeps going. <laughs> Once again, Archie is really good at looking out for other people when he's not looking out for himself. Yeah. Good guy, Archie. Good guy, Archie. I'm, like, so pleased. This is probably the the first episode, or, like, the one of the only episodes where I'm, like, I like him. Yeah. I like Archie. For sure. Like, I, I liked him before, but, like, I, like, actively like him in Yeah, they're, they're getting a sense of, like, what to do with Archie. Yeah. And there's starting to be consequences for his actions, which I think is, like, the key to him as a person. Yeah. So then Cliff pretty much says, we're having a banquet with the board, and you should come, and also we'll get you a fancy red suit because that's how it works. And like Jason. Brittany... Hmm. This plot mm-hmm. is High School Musical 2. Why is it always High School Musical? It's High School Musical 2 because okay. Why? Sharpay says, Troy, guess what? You're getting promoted mm-hmm. to teaching people how to play golf. Or first he was promoted to being, he was first he was a caddy. And then she's like, you're promoted. And then he was a golf guy. And then she's like, come to dinner with us. And he's like, oh, I, I have to go hang out with Gabriella. And she's like, oh, come to dinner because you owe me. <laughs> and then they go to dinner and he treats his friends garbagey. 
um, who are, like, waiters there. And then at the end, like, they're like, we're gonna um, introduce you to these cool guys at the University of Albuquerque who play basketball and then he goes and plays basketball with those guys instead of playing basketball with his friends and they're like can we play basketball with the cool guys and he's like um no you know what it is deeply upsetting that this is the plot of high school musical 2 and i've only just heard it literally high school musical 2 when you come can we watch high school musical i mean you're gonna have to pay me (laughs) (laughs) i was planning on buying you a plaid shirt excuse you (laughs) i would love that yeah um, yes, we can watch High School Musical. Oh my god, I'm so excited! <laughs> okay, uh, disclaimer, I'm so annoying. Why? I'm so annoying watching High School Musical. Okay. I know all the words, Brittany. My sister knows all the words, too. It's okay. Okay, cool. Don't worry. Anyway, moving on. He says things like, people like you were the bedrock of our town, and blah, blah, blah. That's Gross. a great way to say... The working class is the bedrock of our town while you do our bidding and we make all the money. And it's like, shut up, dude. And then Cheryl calls him Archie Kids and you're like, that's not your thing. (laughs) Excuse you. Veronica's like out there like, what? (laughs) My Archie Kid senses are tingling. Then later, Cheryl brings Archie a guitar because why not, I guess? Okay, here's the thing. Are you ready? Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. Is she brings him this guitar, and Cheryl is complicit in bribing Archie. Yeah. Cheryl knows that she and her family are bribing Archie because they need Archie. Yep. So, you know, later when Cheryl's like, you don't want anything from me, and yeah. then she gets rejected, then she's like, I guess you really don't want anything from me, but you do want something from my parents, and it's like, but you already knew that the entire time. Yeah. She she knew that the entire time. Yeah. What? I don't get it. I okay. what is Cheryl's motivation in this episode? I, I just want to back up a little bit, um, and uh, talk about something a, a little bit more important. Uh, all right. Does Fred know what DILF means? Hundred <laughs> percent. Fred knows what DILF means. Cause like you look at his face when she calls him that, and it's like you can't really tell if he knows. He's probably just so shocked that someone straight up said that to him. <laughs> yeah. He's like, they only say that behind my back and on Facebook comments. Exactly. And Archie, you know what? Every time Archie posts a picture of he and his dad, he just like gets comments from like Veronica and Cheryl. And it's like, wow, your dad's a like dilf, man. <laughs> and Archie's like, guys. Guys, stop. Guys, you're embarrassing me. Ugh. So weird. Stop, like, being hot for my dad. And then Fred's pretty much like, you gotta give that back because we don't trust them and they're garbage. But Archie is a person who only learns through experience. Yep. Advice? Never heard of it. Yeah. So next time we see him, he's getting his red suit done. And it's nice because Archie is prioritizing his father over his own career and his own goals how excited were you about that so happy i just love the andrews boys like they're finally he's finally figuring out like okay if people are gonna use me i'm actually gonna use it to my advantage yes and then to help clifford brings up that he's like i don't think jason would have done that for me it's like wow probably because you raised him that way i would sure I mean, I'd love to agree, but I don't know anything about Jason. 
<laughs> Jason is just a spot for Archie to take. I'm mad because every single episode, like that guy's in almost every single episode. At the very beginning, at least, mm -hmm. of every episode. And I'm like, I still know nothing about you. But I think that's the point. Yeah, no, I think it's the point too. It's just annoying. We're, we're only supposed to see what Jason was like through other people's perspectives. And like through the Blossoms, he was like this golden boy and who apparently Archie completely resembles. Yeah. I was going to keep going with something, but I got tripped up on the incest vibes and I just yeah. had to stop talking for yeah. a second. Uh, so, you know, Cliff says, I already called that place. They're really excited to meet you. And then there's this moment where the guy comes back and is just like, is everything okay? Because he thought that Archie was being like, um, can I talk to you about how crappy this suit is? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the guy comes back and he's like, is everything satisfactory? And he says more than satisfactory, but he's kind of like looking at Archie and I'm like, eh. he's just like. Yes, this, like, is he trying to, like, wed his daughter right now? Being like, hmm, yes, this one. Yeah, he's like, I have picked out a suitor Yuck. for my daughter because she has no autonomy or Yuck. agency. Yeah, okay, anyway, so Cheryl, like, is trying to steal Archie away from Val, and she's buying him, and wouldn't he rather earn his way on that table rather than just getting it given to him? And it's like... Yeah, but also, if someone's gonna hand you something, how how would you resist? Honestly, like, at this moment, I was like, Val, like, and maybe it's because I'm a Slytherin, but, like, if someone wants to give me something that I would have had to work for instead, um, I'm, I'm gonna take that. And I feel like that that's kind of Archie, too, is, like, yeah. Archie's... It's also that Archie's bad at understanding when he's being manipulated. Yeah. Because Miss Grundy did it to him. He had no clue. Exactly. Now the bosses are doing oh, it to him. He had no clue. little baby. <laughs> Archie spends his entire life being a pawn for someone else. Yeah. So of, that's really all he understands is, like, people exactly. hand him things with an agenda. And he's like, okay. And that's, like, exactly what Fred says later. He says, stop yeah. using my family as pawns. Exactly. And he's when like, Fred, you know how gullible my son is. <laughs> when Fred says that, I don't think he means the lodges. I think he no. means all wealthy, manipulative people. Yeah. And they need to stop treating, like, working class people like the Andrews like that. Mm -hmm. Especially Archie, who is obviously so easily impressionable and very gullible. Yeah. Archie. Buddy. Archie. So, so then at the actual banquet... Um, it's interesting because most people are still wearing, like, their little hints of red. Cheryl is wearing blue. That's my girl. So that's interesting, as well as Polly's wearing black. So that's also interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Cliff is, like, the hand of hope. And I'm like, I don't even know what you're trying to say. Cliff's fake deep. Yeah, like, I don't <laughs> even, I'm like, what even metaphor is this? But he pretty much says he will help Fred. Do we believe him? Especially now after Archie has... No. Yeah, so definitely not now, because no. now he's rejected Cheryl, and so now he's going to be like, bye. He'll help Fred as long as it is convenient for him to help Fred, and then he yeah. will screw Fred over. Yeah. And then he's like, you don't have to bribe me. I'm happy to chill with Cheryl. No prob. Oh. And then, okay, now my next note is bored plus misogyny. Do you think we have, like, we've kind of brought it up a little bit. Do you think we need to talk about it more? You know, the thing about that is that it's very puzzling to me because there's a lot of women on the board. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great commentary on internalized misogyny within Definitely. like the business sector. Yeah, because I'm sitting here thinking like, I mean, this misogyny is so clear that like, what do I even have to say about it other than this is not how things should be? Yeah, like putting Jason at the forefront because he was the male twin. Yeah, what, and no one bothered to try and educate Cheryl too. Yeah, I don't that know. makes no sense to me. So then later. They're at the pool, and, okay, Cheryl, are you cold? I mean, probably. It was, like, minus 10. Yeah, I was, like, um, it was just snowing, and she doesn't even look cold. I'm, like, where are you? I feel really bad, like, that they put her out there, because there was snow on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, my God, that choker, though. Yeah. Oh, my God, that choker, though. (laughs) She says, it sucks when people hate her. Like, it's not... If people hate her at school, she doesn't care, which is an interesting thing to know. But yeah. she says, this is my family. Because, like, the Blossoms have con- have conditioned her that other people don't matter except for Blossoms. That's mm-hmm. why she was so obsessed with Jason. Yeah. And speaking of Jason, so she kisses Archie. <laughs> so she kisses Jason. Yeah. And then, uh, and, and, you know, he's quite appalled. And then she makes some weird remark about her lipstick and i'm uncomfortable um where is she getting like girl can you please leak where you're getting maple flavored matte liquid lipstick links please like is this cover girl is this a new cover girl product yeah where can i buy it i want <laughs> where it. do i go oh and then pretty much then we learn that they sent hiram to prison and maybe they should have spent sent hermione instead because she's turning out to be resourceful which is another thing about internal internalized misogyny they're like we'll send the dude home and the girl won't know what to do Mm-hmm. the blossoms are a deeply sexist family yeah it's not cute yeah so then you know cheryl follows archie and is just like if you don't date me <laughs> All of this crap that you that we got gave you is not going to be a thing anymore. And I'm like, girl, don't you understand that this is not how you want a relationship to start? Yeah. That's not how you want it to go. She and Archie could be a really interesting couple because they have great chemistry. Can I make a Harry Potter parallel? I mean, always. Okay, first of all, this is spoilers for the book Half-Blood Prince, not the movie. It's not in the movie. It's in the book. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about Voldemort's parents. So oh, the, the Gaunts? Yeah. Okay. So Voldemort's mom. Now, when I, when I read it, I always called her Marope because her name was Marope, but I've also heard people say Marope. How, how do you pronounce it? I pronounce it Marope. Okay, cool. I'm going to go with Marope. Yeah. Just for right now, at least. Um, so pretty much what happened, if you're not familiar, is that she saw this dude, this muggle dude, and named Tom Riddle, and was like, yep, that one. And then once her dad and her brother either died or went to Azkaban, she made a love potion and, like, lured the dude into her house, gave him the love potion, then they ended up staying together for a really, really long time, getting married, and... When she was about to have their baby, who ended up being Voldemort, she decided to let him go because she realized that's not how, like, he doesn't actually love her. Yeah, that's a relationship with no consent in it. And and he ran away. He left. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why Voldemort is so evil and Voldemort doesn't have the capacity for love is because he was conceived under a love potion. Yeah. (sighs) 
I mean, not. I'm not saying that Cheryl, <laughs> that Cheryl <laughs> and Archie are Marope Gaunt and Tom Riddle Sr., but there are some things there. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so Val dumps Archie. Yes, queen. And she says that she won't be bought. Good. And, like... I was kind of upset just because, like, this episode, he was being such a good boyfriend. But, like, then I remembered all the complaints I had about him last episode and how he yeah. wasn't listening to her. And so, like, I'm okay with it. She's like, I'm tired of being your therapist and also you not listening to a single thing I tell you. Yeah. His friends put up with that, but she does not have to. Uh, and then lastly, the board leaves and Cliff says that they're not out of the woods yet. And Cheryl hates Archie, and she hates Polly. I'm a little confused. Do you know what's going on? No, I don't know why she hates Polly. Did she hear Polly and Archie talking about how she's spying? And But then, wouldn't Cheryl be on Polly's team because she wants to find out who killed Jason too? And has she hated Polly this entire time, or just, just lately? Like, I don't know. And, like, is it that because Polly's having twins, she feels replaced, or that the twins will fulfill some blossom destiny that she and Jason were supposed to? Or that maybe Polly represents Penelope to her? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. So now it's time for our segments, and my first segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark, and the answer is, I guess, always I guess. And my segment is, did Jughead eat a burger? And it's like, no, but everyone ate maple syrup, so... <laughs> so there's that. Good enough. And now it's time for our Best Line Award. So my Best Line Award goes to Cheryl Blossom for... Mr. Andrews, nice haircut. Looking extremely dilfy today. <laughs> and my honorable mention also goes to Cheryl Blossom for... That was a joke, you hobo. Always doing the most. Yeah. And my Best Line Award goes to Veronica for literally being me, which is... What girl is immune to the charms of a Givenchy bag? And my honorable mention goes to Cheryl for... My claustrophobia acts up in small houses. <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl had so many good one-liners in this episode. So many, yes. Okay, I want to really quickly talk about next week's episode. Is it that the trailer looked better than all of this week's episode? <laughs> the trailer was amazing, but also, like, I, I don't like parties like that. And, like, I'm worried that, like, if Jughead is me in my head... I do not want a party like that. I would be so anxious at a party like that. I would be so uncomfortable. And never, at least from what I saw in that trailer, did we see Jughead being, like, partying. Sorry, I, I hit my microphone. <laughs> like, partying with them. I think we see him being upset and, like, punching somebody, right? Yeah. Like, I'm worried that they, like, put on this party for Jughead that he didn't want. Yeah, this is this is not how Jughead wants to celebrate. Jughead would wa rather like watch a movie. I'm sad. He just he doesn't want these things. But maybe he'll have a good time. You don't know, we don't know yet. I hope so. It looks like Betty's having a good time. Yeah. And Archie took his shirt off because this is the CW. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. And if you're a fan of Lost, we talk about that show even longer than we talk about this show. <laughs> yep. Yep. You can follow at the Aficionados on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter and I'll do the same. And you can tweet us with anything that you'd like us to discuss or talk about or correct us on or <laughs> whatever. We like talking to you. Um, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash theafficionados. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating. 
And our website is theaffectionados.com. We're going to put blog posts up and articles and cute lists because we're cute. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do it. Don't worry. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And Robin's about to tell a terrible joke. <laughs> no! Don't tell them! <laughs> oh, this is going to be no fun now. <laughs> All right, okay, I'll do it again and I, I will not. Literally, the joke in here was for you. I wasn't going <laughs> to say this joke and now I have to. I put this in the doc just for you. I didn't want anyone to see this. It's too late. Please stay tuned for next week when we talk about episode 110, The Lost Weekend. More like The Lost Weekend, am I right, ladies? No one gets this. (laughs) She put lost in all caps. Get it? Because it's my favorite show. Whoa, you like lost? Okay, love you, bye. (laughs) Love you, bye.